chapter 3. On their second day in La Forge, they moved from the hotel into the rented house. The first thing they did was hang the curtains so no one would be able to see inside. Then Papa went off to the lumberyard, leaving Hannah to unpack. Only a few minutes after he left, she heard the thump of what sounded like dozens of feet on the board sidewalk. She hurried to the window and twitched the curtain back just enough to see. Five young boys were running and calling out to one another. They turned the corner and went down 2nd Street. Behind them, three little girls followed more sedately. Those children all headed in the same direction first thing in the morning. They had to be going to school. Hannah had never been to school. She had learned her letters and numbers from Mama, and then she'd had lessons with Miss Lorna. When she and Papa left Los Angeles, Miss Lorna had given her a whole set of readers, a grammar, a speller, and an arithmetic. Hannah had worked her way through all of them diligently, but she'd had no one to teach her, and Mama had always wanted her to go to school. My smart girl, finish school and get your diploma. Studying trains your mind, makes it stronger. Hannah stomped into the kitchen. She cleaned up the breakfast dishes and put a kettle of water on the stove to heat. Once the water was hot, she dumped it into the tin dish pan so she could clean the floor. She swept and scrubbed, feeling more determined by the moment. Papa came in for the noon meal, took one look at her face, and said, Whatever it is you want, wait until after we've eaten. I'll not have you spoiling my appetite. They chewed their bean and biscuit in silence. As they ate, she felt the heat of her agitation cooling into something steadier and more solid. A tree stump. No, a rock. A big boulder that takes a yoke of oxen to move. Her thoughts were running away a little. She got up to fetch the tea kettle and poured two cups. Papa stirred in a spoon of sugar and took a sip. Good biscuit, he said. Thank you. Pause. There's a school here. He gulped his tea. You don't say. Papa... What do you need to go to school for? You can read and write and figure. You'll never need more than that. I want to graduate. Nothing but a piece of paper. I didn't graduate. Hasn't hurt me any. It wouldn't take long. I finished the sixth reader. One term, maybe two. That's all. Hannah. We can't have any attention called to us, he snapped. Your going to school could maybe cause a ruckus. That's the last thing we need. A moment's silence. Mr. Harris, she said. Harris... What's he got to do with anything? If he's the justice of the peace, doesn't that mean? Couldn't he stop any trouble? That's exactly what I'm talking about. You cause trouble and will never be able to make a success in this town. You know that, Papa was shouting now. She figured that she had one last chance to make him listen before he stopped listening altogether. Mama wanted me to graduate. She held her breath. Sometimes mentioning Mama helped, but not always. Papa had often clashed with Mama, even toward the end, when she couldn't, when she could speak only a few words between snatched breaths. Hannah had inherited a good bit of Mama's stubbornness, as well as her straight hair, tan skin, and dark curved eyes. He stared into his teacup. She wanted a lot of things, he mumbled. Things she could never have. This one, I can still do for her. At last, he looked up, glaring. Funny you should mention Harris, he said. Turns out he's on the school board as well, so he's the one I'll have to speak to. But I'm not making any promises, you hear? Yes, thank you, Papa. She fetched the kettle and freshened his tea. Hannah realized too late, too late that she hadn't gotten Papa to promise when he would speak to Mr. Harris. She wanted to start school right away, but by the end of the week, no more had been said about it. 
A dozen times she'd had to bite her tongue to keep from asking. She knew that if he felt she was nagging, he might change his mind about the whole thing. He's been busy, she told herself yet again. He was spending his days at the depot, the lumberyard, the hardware store, buying and ordering and hauling supplies for the building of the shop. Hannah was busy as well. A pile of clothes to be mended waited on one chair, with an even bigger pile of laundry on another. At her request, Papa had bought her lengths of muslin from one of the dry goods stores to make bed linens. She couldn't wait to sleep in clean new sheets after so many grubby nights in the wagon. All that had to wait, though. First, she needed to sieve the flour and the cornmeal. She found the box that held the sifter, a ring of tin with a mesh bottom, and brought out the flour sack. A few cupfuls at a time, she poured flour into the sifter and shook it out over her largest cooking pot. The flour fell through the mesh, leaving behind an assortment of weevils, pantry moths, and flower worms. After she finished, she went outside to empty the sieve by flinging the insects into the yard. The sieved flour went into a big crock with a good tight lid. No pests could get into the crock. It would stay free of bugs, provided she made sure it held only clean flour. It took a while to sieve all the flour. Then Hannah had to repeat the whole process with the bag of cornmeal. For a brief moment, as she shook the sieve, she wondered how she would ever get all the work done once she was in school. It was hard enough when she had the whole day. Before she was sick, Mama used to work in the shop all day, and she still kept house. Their Los Angeles home hadn't been perfect, but they'd always had hot food and clean clothes. And that was more than plenty. Hannah was determined to do the same. Hannah sat up, very straight, her hands folded in her lap, her feet drawn in beneath her skirt. Any moment now, Mr. Harris would be calling. I've already talked to him some, Papa had told her that morning. I mentioned that Mama was Chinese. What did he say? Papa shrugged. Not much. Something like, well, now I wasn't expecting that. Hannah felt her spirits lift a little and immediately tamped them down. It wasn't a nasty response, but then again, it could mean almost anything. She had spent the day wondering what she should say to Mr. Harris, rehearsing different lines in her head. In a moment of panic, she had fetched her arithmetic book to go over decimals. Maybe he would ask her questions about grade levels, and arithmetic was her weakest subject. But after a few minutes, she put the book away. If she didn't know it well by now, she was not going to be able to learn it in an afternoon. She tidied up quickly after supper, took off her apron and redid her braid. Then she sat in the chair next to the lamp table and coaxed herself into stillness. Mama had taught her that, how to sit still and breathe deeply when she was feeling especially twitchy or distressed. All the same, she jumped when a knock sounded on the door. Mr. Harris came in and took off his hat. He had a full brown beard and very blue eyes. He greeted Papa with a handshake. The two men sat down opposite her. She sensed Mr. Harris's response on seeing her for the first time. The quick glance, the even quicker look away, unspoken curiosity clouding the air. Hannah hadn't made up her mind if this was better or worse than when people just plain stared at her. Would you like coffee or tea, Mr. Harris? Hannah asked. Her voice trembled a little, but she managed to steady it. No, thank you, he said. Again, Hannah recognized the kind of astonishment she'd perceived before in so many other people. She speaks English. She speaks English. She speaks English politely. 
But already she could see what Papa had meant when he called Mr. Harris a fair man. Mr. Harris had answered her as if she was anyone else, keeping his surprise silent. That was far more than most people managed. Some busted out with something rude or hurtful or even hateful. Most others spoke to Papa as if she wasn't there. Mr. Harris and Papa chatted for a few more minutes. Hannah learned that the Harrises had a son named James who had moved to Oregon the previous fall. I wanted to go too, Mr. Harris said, but I promised Sarah Lynn that this would be our last move. So we stayed and James went on with my brother's family. Heard it's pretty country out there, Papa said. Not settled up yet though, and Sarah Lynn wanted the girls to go to school. Speaking of school, he looked at Hannah and then back at Papa. I've been thinking on this. Edmonds, you've already contributed to the local economy and you don't seem like the type to skip out on your tax bill. Papa grinned. That'll depend on how big it is, he said, and then the men laughed together. Hannah smiled silently, wishing they would get on with the conversation. Then Mr. Harris grew serious. The way I see it, any child under the age of 21 who is a resident in the town of LaForge has the right to attend school here. I'll tell Ms. Walters to expect a new student on Monday. Pause. Thing is, we don't want any trouble. The school needs to run smoothly, and if anything gets in the way of that, Miss Walters will be the one making the decisions. That's fair enough, Papa said. No, Hannah thought at once. It's not fair. Even if I do everything right, I've got no say over what the other students might do. Any questions? Mr. Harris asked. She looked down at her hands in her lap for a very long moment and then raised her head. I haven't been lucky enough to go to school before, Mr. Harris, she said. So I'm sorry I don't know this already. Are students allowed to keep their hats on in the schoolroom? And that is the end of chapter three. If you have enjoyed our first few chapters and you want to see how Hannah's first day of school goes, join us tomorrow. We'll see you then.